You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan, how are you? I'm okay. I know, you're congested. I'm congested, and it hasn't been COVID. It hasn't been fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other yeah. sicknesses still exist out there, which is crazy. They man. do. They're I'm on the mend. I'm, I'm way better than I have been. I hope week. you're not contagious. I hope so as well. That would really suck for me. I agree. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we really appreciate the podcast. Couldn't survive without you listening. If you're here for Annie Letterman, this is a really great episode. It's really intense. Um, and I just want to let you know, um, look, we talk about some sensitive stuff in this episode. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so if you're sensitive uh, to stories about sexual assault, I don't, I don't know if you want to listen, but it's it's really amazing how she opens up. And I think it will help a lot of people. And uh, I just want to say thank you, Annie, for opening up so openly. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, follow us on our handle, social handles, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter. You can go to the online store, the Inside of You online store. Uh, we've got tons of great merch, uh, Smallville scripts and uh, tumblers, Inside of You stuff, hats. Just check it out, the Inside of You online store. And also, if you want to become a patron, the patrons really saved the show, and I couldn't do the show without them go to patreon.com slash inside of you and thank you so much for supporting this podcast you know my my anxiety is getting a little bit better lately it's been i've been a little bit better you know um sometimes you just have to give things a chance you got to give it time working with this hypnotherapist and it sounds hokey and weird but it's not it's about reprogramming your brain so i listen to something every night before I go to bed and I listen to the same thing in the morning when I wake up and it becomes a habit. I've done 15 days in a row now and the more you listen to it, the more your brain starts to believe it and you can change some things in your life and that's what I'm trying so I'll let you know as I continue this experience but um, you know that along with therapy and trying to exercise and just trying to get out of my head, man, just trying to get out of my head. So I urge you guys, if you're struggling or anything to, uh, you know, get help. And, um, you know, that's what I have to say. Also, Sunspin, my band, our album's coming out very shortly, but also guys, please get tickets to see our show October 1st, Saturday, 2 PM and 6 PM Pacific standard time. We're going to play, um, songs off the new album, our old album, some left on Laurel. It's going to be great. We haven't played in a while. Go to sunspin.com or stageit.com and type in sunspin get tickets uh you can go to the handles i i show i have links on twitter and and all that instagram i hope you follow me at the michael rosenbaum on instagram at the michael rosenbaum bum on twitter um but thank you without further ado let's get inside of the very funny very talented and very open and honest sweet annie letterman it's my point of view You're listening to Inside of You With Michael Rosenbaum Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You know, I gotta tell you, I'm sort of excited to have you. I don't get excited. Sort of? To, well, I, well, I am You're excited to have shit. you. I am excited to have you here because... I had never met you before, and I saw you on a comedy uh, store. It was a, it was a documentary about the comedy uh -huh. store, and I had never seen you before. And I watched Rude. this. Uh, well, no, <laughs> wow. I don't. No. Wow, thanks for having me over, you piece of shit. <laughs> no, I watched it, and I go, who is she? 
I asked Mike Binder. I go, who is this? She's yeah. hilarious. And did he talk shit on me? No, he said <laughs> he you were. Nice. He said you were wonderful. <laughs> we must have made up. There's times where Mike will trash me or say nice things. Really? Know. Yeah, we get along now. Is that the good. comedy world though that you just you, you can't really make good friends with the co- other comedians because they all talk shit on each other? I mean, it doesn't everyone? T- I guess Hollywood is the only place where people don't really talk shit on each other publicly because you're all trying to keep going <laughs> I, I guess so uh, i don't know i'm learning get that I'm little learning. cord right there in the middle that's hovering in there it just looks weird. that's better it's fine oh my god i'm a little anal i, I just want you to look great. i didn't know you were gay this is well you know welcome welcome to i gayness. feel safer <sighs> you know it's funny because i deal with a lot of anxiety and, and i just want to say something funny this morning i was sitting in my office and i was like ryan's like how you doing man i go i oh, you know just you know a little anxious He's like <laughs> he looked at me and he said this he said well, you got your shoes on today. You did it. You're dressed. And I was like, do I not normally? I think it's a step in the right direction. But also, Ryan, I don't. I don't think that your your <laughs> you shoes, whether you're bare, I feel like people that are barefoot are happy. I think there's a power in being a barefoot person. Thank you. I can't, I have to pixelate my feet because of the wiki feet guys, but it's just, you don't get my feet. But Do you not have good feet? No, I have good feet. I just don't, it's just, I didn't know people were jerking off to them. So now I, I, I cover them. Wait, the what's way. that about? Yeah, don't pretend. This is so. I swear on my mother's life. He definitely has a foot fetish. Ryan, do I you don't see have how a foot fetish. To act like you don't know about them. I swear that to God. is the most obvious. I, I swear to God, I don't do you, know. Are you just huddled up in your little house? Pretty in the much. Hills? I just told you I get anxiety and I'm like, uh, yes. That's why you have so many of, things. These are your friends. These are my friends. These are my people. Do you talk to C3PO? Uh, not anymore. Just relax. Now you are in a dark place. If you have to tell yourself to relax and I think look, it says relax because I have another podcast. Well, this podcast, I have another podcast, but this podcast is sort of like we get inside of you. It gets it kind of, you know, I want to find out. Get inside of you. Are you guys not seeing that this is weird? Continuing to be terrifying. Relax was my trigger word in, in middle school, in elementary school. When my teacher would tell me to relax, I would go ape shit. Why? I don't know. It was just my it just made me feel I was like, fucking relax. What do you mean relax? Fuck you. You relax. <laughs> It made me so mad. I threw my glasses case at a teacher once in fifth grade. Really? Chris Burnett. He's the one of my only good teachers, and he still he comes to my comedy shows when I go to Philly. He's the best. Were you always me. funny? I think. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I was upset when I was a kid. I was like an upset kid. Well, take me back. Were you like were did you have good parents? Yeah, well, I have I was a twin brother. So you have a twin born, brother. Yeah, so I was born um at midnight july 20th we both just had birthdays right i like that you dropped it did i give you a happy birthday when you dropped it it was your birthday i don't know if you did but i like that you dropped it i like a birthday attention as well yeah well i didn't know it was your big birthday though i know it's it's a scary birthday because it's just sort of like what what happened yeah you start to go have i done did you want to get a sip of water you couldn't decide on the water i'm a little anal sometimes too it's just pushing up do you see yeah that's good but um, yeah, it's a scary birthday. Yeah, it is he's a scary 60. birthday. He's who's sixty? You. No, I'm fifty. Guys, he just turned sixty. He's lying. You know how Jeez, actors well, then are. Well, I look fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you look for great. Sixty. No, you look good for fifty too. Really? Mm-hmm. Fifty, not fifty-two. Fifty as well. Excuse me. I'm just kidding. I don't know. No. Um. But funny, funny. Back when, like yeah, good parents. I learned. Well, my dad's very funny. I. It's like, you know, I kind of like closed the chapter on talking shit on my parents' parenting skills because it did get me here. But not particularly, they're very, like, my parents are very liberal, very, um, like, we went to Quaker school and stuff like that. I and don't very, even know what a Quaker is. A what Quaker is it? I know is, Quaker oats. Yes. A Quaker is an oatmeal brand. No, it's, um, I do like to reach for things. You called that reach. out really fast. Reach. That's fine. Um, my, uh, 
So Quakerism is like a form of Christianity where the belief is that God is in the form of an inner light. So it's not like a guy outside of yourself. It's something that's inside yourself that's in everyone. So we're pacifists and- uh, that, that sounds nice. Isn't it beautiful? Are you still a Quaker? Quaker-ish? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I went to a Quaker school. I was violently throwing things at the teacher, so. You went to a Quaker school. Yeah, what a Quaker what did you have to wear at Quaker school? Oh, you just dress regular. It's not Amish or anything. Oh, it is. It's really chill. It's a lot of like, there's a lot of like LGBT there. There's a lot of like, on, we had like a, honestly, in my Quaker meeting, there was just a full Jewish guy. <laughs> Are you serious? I, he would wear his, what do you call this thing? Um, he had the, he had shawl? his yarmulke and then he had his. Jew. Oh, uh, well, the, the curls? The, he didn't have the curls. No, what is that called? What is, I should know this. I'm a Jew. You're oh, a, yeah. you're kind of Jew. Yeah, but I was raised, I mean. Quaker. The Jew part was like my grandfather, my dad's side. Right. So it was a little bit disappeared. But so, every time we do 23, may I get more Jewish? I'm like 23% now. You keep doing it. It can't be 23%. It's like 22%. Um, But your parents were sort of normal? They were, my dad worked at University of Pennsylvania. He was in finance. He was the treasurer there. And then my mom was, had a bunch of jobs. She was at, went to art school and then she just had three kids and kind of got off. I mean, got busy. <laughs> she got busy. Right, right, right. And then, um, but she did, she worked for this organization called Gray Panthers, which so is an organization for, in Philadelphia for the elderly. Right. And fight against ageism and stuff, activism against ageism. And but they took Great Panthers, which is now now we know is a little cultural appropriation. Um, and the lead, the woman who I knew who was like the founding member. You know where those? I punctuate jokes with them. Um, Sunglasses are on, folks. She, uh, her name was Maggie Coon. So Maggie Coon. Yeah, and she stole Great Panthers. And were you uh, were you like a troubled kid? Like I was born, on. well, here's what happened. So my twin brother and I, I was born breech. So my twin brother was born first. So I'm in utero with with a person, all squished up with someone in my mom's stomach. And then I'm born breech. So they had to put me in an incubator for seven days. So then I'm alone. So I think a lot of my troubledness was from <laughs> just immediately being alone from being hugged and stuff. Well, what about like uh, like from early on? Are we talking young, like rebellious? Yes, doing bad stuff. Yes, what were you course, doing at a young age? Well, when I was a kid, kid, I was just um, I had some tactile issues. I was a little spectrumy. Like, what does that mean? Um, like I didn't. I cried when people touched me. My socks hurt me. Little weird things. Wow, bothered me. But I like to hug my <laughs> Ryan, brother. Just an inquisitive look. Hmm. Let's, he's gonna put his. He's gonna put his shit on you. He's projecting. Let's take that note. Uh, socks hurt her. Let's socks hurt me. I feel like this is relatable though. There were like so there were seams that would hurt me and stuff. But um, I had I was like lactose intolerant. They didn't know that, so I was like constipated. I had shitting issues. Do you do? You, are you still lactose intolerant? No. You got over that. Isn't that fucking weird. I just, I wish I get over it. I have. I a stopped fucking... eating it for forever, and then I can eat it now. Eggs too. I used to be allergic to, and now I'm fine. Really? Eggs used to make me throw up. Throw up. And dairy would you get bloated, indigestion, all it would that hurt stuff. Me, yeah. I mean, it might still do that, but it was. I used to get like, when I was a kid, I was really severely constipated. Then, as an older person, I would get like diarrhea. Wow, as yeah. an older person, as an older human, right, right. But when you're saying like the young ages where you were like this, how old were you when your socks hurt? Like four or five. Four or five. Yeah, I was in hell. Did your parents think you were kind of a pain in the ass? Yes. Have you talked to them since about this? Yeah, they thought I was very difficult. I think. I look at it, I equated to they had boys and boys are just a little easier to raise right. generally, not always, but 
not the school shooter ones, but maybe they were easy to raise. Maybe that was the problem. Right. But um, I think I was like a girl and they weren't used to having a girl. My mom was like very masculine and I mean, she could still kind of, she's a little more feminine now, but she was adopted and then her, she was adopted into a family in upstate New York. I would say I'm halfway trash because my dad, my mom grew up like in a wealthy neighborhood and my dad popped out of a tuna can. <laughs> Such a piece of trash. I love him. But um, <laughs> really, he can't. It's like and he's kind of he just I, I really remind my my dad reminds me of me. I remind myself of my dad like we're just so much alike because I think no matter like what income level we get to, we just we can't really shake the tuna. What is it? What do you do that makes you feel a little white trashing? I see your Instagram posts like, and they're hilarious, but you seem like in a good way, like a dude in a lot of ways. Like oh, I love just, that. Thank you. Yeah, you're just a, like, I don't know if you could use the word chick anymore, Ryan, but like a cool chick. Use all the words. It's okay. Bleep I'm em. fucking words up anyway. I still, I was about to say comedian. That's okay. Comedian. Yeah, I don't do it anymore. That doesn't way. bother me. I don't no? care about that stuff. It used to bother me when I was first starting because. I just didn't want to be gendered at all. Like right, I just right, wanted right. to be treated fair or whatever. Now I sure. shit. Now I pad my bra. I go for it. And what did, were you? Oh, at, he looked. I did not look. You looked exactly at, but it's padding, so it doesn't count. Yeah. You didn't look at actual. You looked at a bra. I just feel like you're an open book. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I just we were watching. Uh, Comedy Central presents like something like stories. You tell a story, a long oh, story yeah. that I you did. I just retold that story on Trash Tuesday. I'm like, why am I dragging these people through it? Why? It's like pretty outrageous. You you had a sex with your camp counselor? I Yeah, I, I banged my camp counselor after years of having this crush on him, not following him anymore, not knowing what he looked like. How many years later was that? Um, 14. 14 years later. Yeah. And was he, he wasn't good looking anymore? He just wasn't hot. It wasn't like, I'm sure he's hot to other people, but to me, he just wasn't my thing. But you still all. banged him. Well, I felt guilty because there was that was the only reason I was at the wedding. I guess I could have said I had my period or something. Or I could have just said no. I mean, I have confidence now. I had I was I was struggling with self-esteem. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important if you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time um better help has helped me substantially ryan here have been using it for a while and i you know don't you notice when you don't use better help when you don't have therapy oh the weeks where i miss a session of course yeah yeah it's just it's it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Do you feel like a lot of uh, comedians, especially when you're getting started, were you getting hit on left and right? Is that something that a, a, a female yeah, comedian experiences? Sure. Yeah. Like nonstop, oh, they want to fuck me. They're yeah. trying to fuck me. They're trying to fuck me. Yeah. And did you go along with that at all? Well, I when I first started comedy, I got an advice from this guy who doesn't really do comedy anymore, but he was like, don't fuck comics. He's like, when you're first starting, like, just don't be the girl that's fucking comics, which in a way was good advice, but also it's kind of like, what are you going to, we're up late, we're laughing, we're having fun or whatever. But I had that in my head. So I did resist it as much as possible. Right. Cause you do want to just, you don't want the shit where you eat. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But I did, I hooked up with, and I dated a lot of comics. I dated comedians throughout my career, but did you end up hating them? I don't hang out with them anymore. I mean, there's some that when they approach me, I go, ah, ah, really, but, um, really? Well, just be the, just, you know, vibrationally we don't there's no match anymore it just was a thing it was but it was nice when i was there you know it was right good, right i you know but i did date i dated a guy when i was in doing open mics that was just a horrific person you dated a guy that you met at open mic yeah when we were when we were open micers and how old how old were you when you, when i you was like that? 25 or right 26, and he was just not a good guy how so very mean to my parents very mean Mean to your parents. Mean. How is one mean to someone's parents? What Just, would one do? Uh, yell at them. He yelled at my mom. Twice. He yelled at your mom. Yeah. How far into the relationship before he yelled at your mom? We dated for like a year, so it was probably it was probably eight months in because I remember I stayed with him, but I hated him. I wow. had trouble saying no, and I didn't want to like hurt people's feelings, even though I seem like a real cunt. But. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I really, so I just really, it was a self-worth thing and I would just stay with these people and, and just ride it out. You would just ride it out just to see if it worked, trying to fix them. Do you think no, you're trying to fix them? I think I just didn't want to be mean. You didn't want to be mean. I just didn't want to be All mean. All right. Well, that's commendable, I guess, but kind of, it, 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 it's, it's not good now. I mean, looking back on it, but I was thinking about how I had told that camp story and I, you know. I was the one that did the whole thing. I, I feel like I, I don't always paint the picture fairly enough. These were just people living their lives. Like I crashed the wedding. I I like I went after to fuck this guy I had not seen or know if I had chemistry with. Like they were all innocent. <laughs> really? You just yeah. went after it. I just went after you it. You own and it. I, you own up to it. Yeah, it's my fault. The whole thing is my fault. And then I go on like TV <laughs> and I'm like talking shit and stuff. So, you know, it is. They got in the Annie Storm, but <laughs> the eye of the Annie Storm. Is it is it difficult? Do you think you're easy to uh, to date? Do you think it's uh, well, difficult dating a comedian? Well, I think it just has to be the right temperament. Um, I was very like anxiously attached, so I would get really kind of like obsessed with people, or like very like clingy or needy, or come off that way sometimes. Or I just didn't like the person at all, and I just was kind of like using them as a placeholder, and. 
I think the relationship I'm in now is like so good because he's so securely attached. He's just like comfortable in himself. He has a crazy mom, so he knows how to deal with wild women, you know? Do you talk about him on your, in your sets? Yeah, I do. And how does he feel about that? He likes it. He, he likes care. it. He forgives. He lets me do whatever I want. He doesn't have any Even like, if it's sexual. Me. Yeah, it doesn't... Um, well, I don't say like mean, I don't have mean things. Like he's got a small dick, my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that would be He fun. probably wouldn't like that. But um, I don't, I don't like talk shit on him really. I mean, I tease him a little bit. He's good. He like, he's, he's, uh, we're having a good life. How long is this you've been dating? Um, Like a couple weeks before the pandemic, we started dating. A couple years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is this we your longest relationship? Mm, no. No, I dated a guy for three years who I hated the whole time. You hated. That's not, that's should have been, like a it should have been, and it's again, not his fault. <laughs> it was all on me. Just hated him. Full responsibility. He just wasn't, that guy had just like, I don't know, he just wasn't evolved as, and he was looking for me to be a savior and that wasn't going to happen. Uh, you, you've done so much before you became a stand-up comedian. So it's baffling how you kind of fell into it because you, you like, you were a swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> right? You were like really training to be a swimmer. When I was, was gonna this? Be, yeah, I started training for the Junior Olympics and two days later I got in a car accident and quit swimming. And was the driver drunk? Yeah, the drunk. It was a drunk driver. It was it was this uh, program at George School, I think it was. So I lived in Philadelphia, in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And my neighbors were already doing Junior Olympics and training in this program. So they were like, why don't we, we'll take you there. And so I'd gone on my initial consultation and I loved the swim program. So you would go in the morning and at night, at night. I mean, my life would be so different if I didn't get in that fucking car accident because I just had a lot of, um, I was just a creative person and I had an athletic build. I don't know if you can see the shoulders. <laughs> I was good at swimming, naturally, pretty good at you it. You were a really good swimmer, obviously. I was pretty you, good you at it, competing yeah. competing in like... But I mean, I needed to train. I was like raw talent. I wasn't like, you know, I, I could have gotten really good. Did you love it no. at the time? I couldn't stand it. It was so boring. But this I is did a get running excited. theme here. You, you, you date guys, you hate them. Yeah. You, you do sports, you hate no, them. But now, but that was, that was old me and new me. I, I check him. I have a meeting with myself every morning. What do I need? What do I want? How do I feel? And it, but it was a long process to learn that like I would ma even matter in my own life. Like I just would just kind of get taken places and so what would the, the 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 accident the car accident left your foot injured so you couldn't yeah. swim anymore yeah so but i would it just would have been a long training process and i didn't like it and that was i was 12 about to turn 13 when that happened so i was ready to start smoking and drinking and that's when i really started you turned the, uh, the wrong corner right corner for my job now because you have so much history i loved it so you started drinking and doing drugs at how what when age I was 12 12 years old which is crazy looking back i mean it's insane but well, i thought it was so normal well what, what kind of drugs are you doing i mean i was just smoking weed and doing like i would do i did like acid in high school and some pills i took pills were your parents disappointed they were just didn't know what to do they were what i was saying before is like they were very liberal so they're very they're kind to a default where they're always trying to give people more chances and stuff and that's something i've had to unlearn because i definitely let people stick around too long. Right. And, um, but they, yeah, they just didn't know what to do with me. And they just gave, it was just, there was no real discipline, which looking back. They didn't discipline you. Helped me be a comedian. Yeah, no, they didn't discipline no me. No spankings. No, you're grounded. I got hit like, tw 
I remember it. Like you remember twice. the two hits. Yeah, and like my parents felt so guilty. It's so funny. Like just did you deserve it? I mean, no. no, nobody deserved. Well, sometimes I'm like, I could have gotten slapped around a little, but it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I. Who knows what I was doing? Right. But I don't think anyone deserves to get hit. So high school was traumatic. High school was traumatic. Yes, I I had to go to court, take a teacher to court. Why do you have to get a teacher to court? Well, we went to my mom. My parents sent me to this school. I wasn't like too bad. I was smoking cigarettes. So I was being like a little bit bad. That 14, 13, school. all yeah. this stuff, right? But then my parents were like, why don't we try out this, check out this other school? And it was an alternative school where usually people would get kicked out and sent there. But my parents like took me there and the school, you didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to read. You didn't have to do, Ooh, I mean, you didn't have to do homework. Like my school. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. And do you not read? Uh, I, I, sometimes. I, read. I mean, it looks, you look like a reader. Do no I look offense. like a reader? I do mean it in an insulting way. That's an insulting way. Yeah. I, I, so I, I tell the by the your expression right yeah. now, it's insulting. I read history stuff. I oh, like that's history cool. stuff, but I don't. You know, I don't, I'm not a huge reader. That's not doesn't make you less nerdy, but yeah. It's thank, cool. thank you. Do you think history helps you feel more comfortable uh, with what's going on? I just like um, nonfiction, uh-huh. except when I'm watching movies. I like horror movies. I like documentaries. Now uh, I I like nonfiction too, but I listen to self help stuff. Does that really help you? Yes. I need to do that more it's because fucking amazing. I deal with such stuff that just somehow just caught up with me. Yeah. It just in life, it's like you're going and you're having fun and you're partying and you're doing big roles and you're an actor and you're on magazines you're busy, and you're, you're doing and everything's great. And then all of a sudden something hits you and you're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Do you know who you are? I do. I'm learning. Yeah. I, I was just saying that, it was but that's rhetorical. how. But that's how I. But but I an, But <laughs> I answer rhetorical questions. Thank you for doing. I think that. you should learn about me. Um, <laughs> the fullest of narcissism. You just answer all rhetorical questions. <laughs> oh, you were asking the universe. Well, she's here. Um, no, I understand that because you're moving. You're busy. I feel like I was that way. Not necessarily, but you know, tumbling through life. Like crazy things were happening, and then a lot of success in comedy and stuff too. And then you're like, who you know. You're sad, innately sad about something, and you don't know exactly what it is, and you want to tackle it. I'm not sad anymore, though. You can you can tackle it. No, that's great. Well, you said you took a a teacher to court. Yeah, I had to take a teacher to court. What did he do? Like, oh, you're not sad. Let me bring this back up. Yeah, let me bring it. I'll talk about (laughs) sad. You said I read. Fuck you, bitch. Here's sad. (laughs) Come back to sadly. Um, excuse me. Sorry, who's that? Fright night. Sorry, fright night. Um, I. Yeah, no, I, my teacher, so we went to, so they sent me to the school that was, there was no rules, but there was no rules for fucking anyone. There was no boundaries. It was, I think I am a product of a boundaryless childhood mm. and a lot of like crazy and intense things happened. Like I definitely ran for my life more times than I think most children really? do. Oh yeah. I hid under cars. I've screamed for my, to call the cops. I was in weird situations. My parents just were very, very trusting. And my boyfriend, it's cool. Cause the way he was raised was the opposite. Like his parents were like. Do not let anyone fuck with you, blah, blah, blah. So it's cool to like kind of see how those two things manifest and right. both of us having good, happy careers. And but I had I just had to do a lot of work and I, I just had to work on not being in like fight or flight my entire right. life. But the teacher did not do a good thing. He yeah, no, he let's say he he was my art teacher and he Jackson Pollocked my leg. Yeah. What? The paint was white. <laughs> what? That's a vivid memory that you cannot this is real. It is. He was a white man with dreads. That's the is he in part. jail? No, he got um, three years probation. 
three years probation. Yeah. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And that that will stay with you for life. You laugh at it. You joke about it. Yeah. Pro- probably still is disturbing. Well, I've had to do a lot. I didn't realize it was staying with me. I would kind of like, because I've always been able to kind of like joke about things and disassociate. But I was really dragging this man with me. I had a, I had a realization maybe a couple of years ago where I just, I was doing a meditation and um, in the meditation, they have you like standing on a rock and I would always go to this rock behind my high school. Like, why am I always in this one fucking woods, like right outside where all this traumatic, and I would, anytime there was like woods involved, I was always visioning myself there. And then they were like, have someone that hurt you come to you and apologize. So my teacher came to me and apologized. I'm like, this was my stuff. I'm taking it back. It's not for you. And I kind of realized in that, that I had been just dragging this guy. I've been thinking about it, talking about it every day. How many years after? 20. 20 years. Oh, so he got in trouble back then though. He got in trouble when I was, yeah. Right, but you were still dragging it. I was thinking about it all the time. I was like, I was so like, yeah, it was just really like tight and scared. I have like jaw problems and stuff. I work on that. Jaw problems? Jaw problems. I have sweaty armpits, hyperhidrosis. You grind your teeth. Mm -hmm. Fight or flight. And these are all things that, was there all, all of a sudden this, just this moment of clarity that this is the cause of all this? How do I get rid of it? And how do you get rid of it? It's not just that, though, because I, the jaw stuff happened after my car accident. And I think that was, I don't know, I don't think it was as much structurally, like in my skeleton, that the problem started happening. I think it was more like, oh, fuck, I can't like trust that I'm going to get the places I need to get safely. I think it was just sort of like- You didn't trust anyone. Yeah. Well, it was, I, I didn't realize until one of my- relationships with one of the people that i'm scared to see uh, ah, <laughs> i'm not scared of him but i'm just it's just repulsed by him kind of yeah but i still like love and appreciate him it's just i i don't there's but nothing you don't want to talk for, to him again you i'm don't not wanna... like i i used to really seek his approval we were friends for a really long time before we dated right and i would really seek his approval i don't seek his approval anymore so there's kind of nothing there for me right I'm not like excited to go tell him jokes that I wrote or anything, which is how I used to feel. But he really, he helped me in a way by, I didn't realize that like the things that had happened to me were, were not my fault. I kind of had just blamed myself because that was easier than accepting that all of the people that were kind of in place to, to protect me had let me down. That was like a scarier thing. So instead I had internalized all of it and didn't even realize I was doing that. And and then, so I had a, a period of time where, and unfortunately I did a lot of podcasts during that time, <laughs> where I was really mad at my parents, like really fucking- You felt like they were at fault. I was so fucking, like, where the fuck were you? I mean, even like down to my teacher who I took to court, his lawyer was my softball coach. Like everyone involved was someone that was supposed to protect me. And it just felt, I just had to learn the lesson where- And you let them continue along without- saying what the fuck i didn't even realize it was that but i mean i felt like it was bad but i just didn't even you know my it took me a long time even though i've nonstop talked and i've been talking for a living it took me a long time to really learn to like appropriately speak up for myself and just take care of myself but i'm doing good now and i really feel like um i usually don't talk about this story again this is it it feels fine to talk about it now but sometimes i like i don't want to not that it's like I don't Bring want to talk up. about it, but it's like, so, yeah, I don't have to say it anymore. It's kind right. of like already out there. And Did you do EMDR? I never did that. I never did that. I did. I did it EM- was the most emotional D- fucking thing ever. I did DMT. Ever. <laughs> you did DMT? Well, EMDR is with the... The eyes. That's cool. Yeah. How crazy is that? It really worked. It was it was so surprising. Mm. I was hysterical and I, don't, I didn't know why. I mean, I knew why after it all happened. Were you but- molested? No, but... Um, Boring. I, well, I had, a, I had a... Uh, a moment where I escaped it. Yeah. I was cool. about to get molested and I got away. How old were you? 
I was probably 12. Was it a director? It was this guy named Les who lived up oh, in the Catskill Mountains. It's like, don't be so hacky, Les. Yeah. Don't was, be a child molester named Les. His name was Les. I swear to God, I wrote about it. His name was Les, and he worked at the um, the bungalow colony. Yeah. And he used to always help me catch uh, salamanders. And like, oh, Michael, come here. And then one night he was just like, hey, you should come to the casino because there's a casino. It's not a casino with like for older people, yeah. but like, you know, video games and yeah. pizza. And it was right there in the bungalow colony. And he, he said, yeah, come over. I'll get you some pizza. We'll play some video games. And my grandparents, after me begging and screaming, they said, yeah. I go, it's less. <laughs> and they said, sure. And I went. And then he goes, hey, you want to see where I live? And I said, sure. And he lived right behind the He's bungalow. Like, you want to see my salamander? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he went right, we went right down the stairs behind the bungalow building, behind the casino, and he opened up the garage door. He lived in the garage. That's where he lived. And he wow. says, Oh, you see back here? Yeah, it's my couch and my bed's back there. And <clears throat> closed it. So scary. And we went back there and I started, I was, I was like, this is less. He couldn't hurt me. Yeah. Because this is how you are as a yeah. kid. You're trusting. Yeah. And then yeah, he goes, cool, ice cream, thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, man, you're awesome, Les. And then he said, take a look at this. And it was a magazine of naked men. And I get, my heart started beating really fast. You got a little horny? No, didn't get horny. <laughs> Petrified. That's a good way to know. I got up and, you know, when you're, you can't yes. run fast, it yep. feels like you're molasses. It's just mm -hmm. like, and I got to the garage door and I was, I couldn't get it open. I was shaking. I was like, ha, ha. Huh, like that and, so and he ran up and he goes hey hey and he screamed at me and he came up to me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he looked at me and he goes i'm gonna let you go it's okay i'm gonna let you out here and he opened the door and he let me go did you tell people or did you keep it a secret i i, I was so embarrassed by it even yeah. as a 12 year old that i didn't want to share it with anybody right. that i remember i was supposed to be home in an hour and i hid behind a tree for like mm. 45 minutes to just get my bearings somehow at 12 years old i still knew that i gotta get my shit together i gotta compose myself yeah. before i go back i can't let them know that something happened yeah. i can't because somehow it was my fault in a way i i don't know what it was like you know well you, you're yeah because you were like excited about it too it's like there's like the betrayal of being like, oh my god it was terrifying i couldn't get away from that catskill mountains fast enough yeah it was it was terrifying but i i survived was it like dirty dancing type place uh sort of yeah, yeah. It was those and old... that was just your like vacation you would go yeah on? my grandparents thank god you didn't live there they took me there for the summers thank god it, it wasn't was, where you no, lived no it was the end of the summer and i just remember like you know i i did i forgot it i blacked it out yeah which i'm sure Isn't you that did amazing your I, brain I, can fucking do that it just said no we don't remember that and it wasn't until many many years later i got really guilty and i thought god if i turned him in because he probably molested kids he probably did it to someone else and i took fault i yeah, felt horrible kid, yeah i was just a kid so obviously i didn't know but it was just I, oh i still every once in a while I'll go oh my god that happened yeah well, like you do with your story yeah well there's a horror in because i did go to court there's a horror in that too i mean i really got treated like fucking shit i had to learn that lesson and i didn't really learn it until i couldn't understand it, it felt so unfair because i was like all people told me to do when i was a kid is tell the truth but then here I am, and I always tell the truth. I do not right. lie, you know? I, and so I get that from you. <laughs> I just, it's like my high authenticity and honesty is like my I, highest value. I see value. it, I see it. Um, and then comedy, which I wish I could flip so I could make my comedy a little bit funnier <laughs> and just lie a little. Uh, no, I have some jokes that are made up. But, um, but 
Yeah, no, to learn that like what telling nobody wants you to tell the truth because it's fucking sucks. The truth is like hard for everyone's like, all right, now we got to put on our suits and go to court. We got to deal with this. They were calling you a liar probably. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which really pissed me off because I was like, I really like have like Asperger's. You don't lie type thing. Did they start talking about your drinking or your smoking? Well, um, I think I think that's actually what. why that school was such a bad situation because if you think about it the kids that are troubled like that are the easiest ones to molest because they're already not credible you know it's already like oh they're troubled or whatever so it makes sense and then that teacher that did that to me i always thought it was just him and then i found out all these other teachers in the school what i know and the school's still kicking and i had to deal when i started getting really mad at my parents yeah you know a couple years ago um they i went home and i saw that they had been donating to the high school and i was like what the fuck i was so pissed and i understand that they have to protect themselves they're in the evening of life like for them to like open all of this up and they listened to me and they apologized and we got to get through it they cry a little bit but i don't want them to feel bad now i don't i really do believe that even though i don't want to like let anyone off the hook for anything but i do feel like they did do what they thought was right at the time like they didn't know whatever denial or whatever was going on they just didn't they would never do that now you yeah. know you know that's what i went through too when i did that emdr mm-hmm. that it was you do this thing over and over and then close your eyes and think of this moment think of this moment and by the end i was like tears coming down my face couldn't believe that i was so hysterical couldn't believe that i'd opened up like this could not understand the last thing i remember saying is she goes well what do you feel now and i just go and it was unsolicited i go i forgive them yeah they didn't they didn't know better Mm -hmm. they did the best they could and it sucked and it was but that's all they knew Mm mm-hmm and it was like holy yeah. fuck that hurt the most yeah just being able to go because it was always like fuck them fuck yeah. you you guys were this you guys were yeah. that and when you can just eventually just go you know what you did your best yeah it sucked i i, I got yeah some bad shit happened to me but it wasn't your fault yeah and then we it taught us lessons you know i feel like i got to learn things like very young which maybe were hard but i always look at it like i had to be an adult when I was a kid, so now I get to be a kid when I'm an adult. Like I get to really, I've been through some shit. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm good to go. I learned a lot of lessons. And also with my mom, I really, this really like was kind of the piece that, that finished the puzzle for me. But my mom went to a all girls boarding school and she called me a couple of years ago and she was like, oh my God, you're never going to believe what happened. There was this teacher that lived on campus and all the cool girls got invited to go to his house and have dinner and sleep over. And I never got to go. She goes, I just found out he was molesting them. Now, my situation was my teacher and his wife, they were both my teachers. They um, had us sleeping, had me and one of my friends sleeping over there all the time. And so I was like, how do my parents like let this happen? But in my mom's hey. head, she was giving me like letting me be like the cool kid. It was like her own, which is so naive. And like, I'm sure she feels like an idiot for that. But she just didn't. She thought she was like, being nice to me and like letting me, you know. She's trying to help you in her mind. And so when I have kids, if I have kids, I do think I probably will have kids. I got some frozen embryos, but um, (laughs) (laughs) it'd be kind of rude to defrost, but we'll see. Um, You know, I'm going to be such a better parent from all of the knowledge that I have, you know, and I think that people can be better parents now too, just because of how much access people have to 
educational sources on yeah. the resources on the wow internet. i appreciate you opening up like this this is like sure. i know you normally you're just going on comedy and it's all funny it's all but like this helps people yeah. believe it or not this you know somebody yeah. out is out there listening going hey you know she faced all this adversity yeah. she went through this shit and you, yeah you look at you now you know what helped me with my mom too what she probably kill me for saying this but <laughs> i just realized my mom is just like a person and she was just all day she was like reading romance novels and taking like my mom was just masturbating all day. She was just busy flicking the bean. And I'm like, now that I like, I'm like, my mom was just a woman masturbating. She had Good her hands just her. busy. Good for Good her. Good for her. She was just trying to find her own pleasure. Speaking of the dolphins, you were a uh, dolphin <laughs> trainer, uh, right? I did a I did How a the program. hell did you jump in a dolphin training? Okay, so I graduated early. Believe it or not, that school decided to let me graduate early. So I was you were 16. Smart. Well, I was smart, and I also was in court. I was a problem. So they're <laughs> okay, like, I yeah, gotta get yeah, rid of this yeah, bitch. Yeah. She's about to find out about the rest of us that are molesting everyone. Right, right. I mean, they couldn't believe it that I was told on everyone. Oh, that was God. so weird. Were you ostracized, sort of, from oh, everybody? Yeah. And the people oh, looked yeah. down at you, your other schoolmates? Oh, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, liar, piece of shit. People um, hocked loogies on my door handle. People, and even just to the point oh, of, like, my years later, it was like, there was a lot of, like, kids that were it was like kids with special needs a lot of times like a lot of learning disabilities and stuff and then bad kids so it was like this mixture of like the fringes on both sides it was the bullied and the bullies that's why i'm a little bit in between but um yeah so you graduated it, early i graduated early but years later i saw one of the like the nerdy kids like the weirdo kids he used to like put deflated balloons in his hair he was just this little he was really cool like little deflated artist kid. Balloons. yeah he tied them into his hair my school was like filled with freaks but okay. um, so he um, I saw him years later. He was a nice kid, you know, and he even said to me, he's like, you made that stuff up about our teacher. Right. I'm like, what? Like, why would. And he was so upset that like he had upset me. It didn't even occur to him because he just believed whatever I was saying. Yeah. And but that's been a lesson in my life too, to not need to defend myself. I don't I know what's true. I don't need everyone to believe me. It's like even though it's frustrating, but yeah. Um, but whatever. And anyway, what were we talking about? You graduated early. So I graduated early and I did, I had a year off. So my parents had like set aside money for this, this school, which shockingly charged a lot of money to molest us. Uh, <laughs> how do we, we'll rape the parents too. Um, so, um, they had set this, the money aside. I graduated when I was 16. So they'd set the money aside. And, um, so I used that money. I did a program in Central America. You're helping kids. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And then I became like, I got into the special ed field. I was doing, I was a special ed camp counselor at Easter I mean, Seals. you have a heart of gold though. See, this is why you would be a great mom. I do. I do. You have patience somehow, don't you? Yeah. You make the most out of the difficult situations. Well, I situations. try to. I, I, be, I can get caught up. I can start to get really like tense. I have a new mantra where everything is easy and fun. Everything is easy and fun. I have to remind myself. Do that. you say that to yourself? Mm -hmm. Everything's easy and fun. Everything's I have easy to because I get really, I can wind myself real tight. How does that work? Just saying that. I do hypnosis. I, I like hypnosis is the number one thing I have ever done in my life. I've been in therapy since I was a kid. It's better to me than talk therapy than any than who hypnotizes you. Um, my hypnotist is named Mary Lou Rodriguez, and she. I actually learned. I've taken her course twice on how to become a hypnotist. I just don't really know what I'm going to do with it yet. You could hypnotize me. I mean, I could. Do I would want to. I would want to take a couple more classes. I want to get really good at it. I don't want to like half fuck ass with it. People. And well, it's not. It's really simple because your brain won't do anything. Your subconscious will not do anything that it wouldn't do. Like you can't. I couldn't make you go murder someone unless you are someone that deep down murder. wants to murder people. Right. 
Lex Luthor. Well, it's so weird that you have hair. Does that make you feel good that you played a bald guy? So now you like, I guess look like now it's like I have forever. lots of hair now. So it's like, yeah. I, was it I'm embarrassing different. to be bald man? Is it for such a while? A I felt like uh, girls that liked me were usually goth. And like, <laughs> goth girls are hot. Listen to the cure. They love but cock. I, I, I they love what? They love cock. Oh, yeah. Cock. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, it was fine. It was, you know, it was a time in my life. But, uh, but like, do you recommend someone like me to go to hypnotist? Yes. Would it help I me? think you would. I think it would help you so much because your anxiety is a habit. It's a habit. It's a habit. It's, it's a not, habit. you're not an anxious person. You're a person with anxiety. You can be like anything. So it's like, you just have these habits. I have them too. I spin, I spin. Like I just decided I have to stop smoking weed for a while because maybe forever. I don't like to say forever because that's hard. But um, because it's it feeds that anxiety, that spin. So I'll wake up in the morning, just spin, spin, spinning. And then I have these tools to get out of them. I know what I, I listen to hypnosis. And I can get out of it, but I don't want to wake up with that. That means my whole sleep has been like, you know, my subconscious yeah. is still spinning. I had anxiety when the f- first 10 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, what I don't broke know if it? I, I don't know. I started listening. I started being oh, in the helpful, moment yeah. and I started just going, stop it. What are you doing? What Why were you, are you anxious freaking about? out? I, I was just like, I don't know. I just, my, I got numb. I got, I kind of got a little flush. It just happened. Sometimes it happens. I have an effect on people. Yeah, there you go. But, but hypnotism could really help me it could it could it, you've seen it work you I, it's swear unbelievable. by it i swear by it and i just got my dad's name 100 percent. she'll no i'll give it i'll give you her number okay she'd love she'd love to work with you i'm sure but she really? so she's um so what you what you do it's like hypnotherapy is the session is we do it over zoom obviously now. i don't want to do it in zoom well she lives she lives in um portland okay you can fly out there if you want it really works over portland. zoom yeah mm-hmm so you you have your you have your um your session and it's like what are your blocks in life what are you looking for in your life so for me if it's like i'm having trouble writing jokes what is it you get to the bottom of like what is that right what is the like underlying belief that you have that is keeping you from writing jokes what you know and so i'm not good enough i'm not right of course people are gonna know that i'm not yeah that i'm a fraud or whatever yep and you get to whatever that basic thing is and then you figure out what your brain needs to hear to get through that block. And then she creates a hypnosis for you out of that. And then you just listen to it in the morning and in the night and the evening. And, and you swear by this. I swear by it. My dad, my dad resisted it. It's hard because I like lived in my car and I was kind of like a fuck up quote unquote. I don't identify as that anymore. But um, so it's hard when I, when I recommend it to certain people that have known me through those stages, cause I'm still kind of car living in your car, Annie. <laughs> So my dad's like, all right, bitch, yeah, hypnosis, yeah, whatever. I'm sure. like, dad, I swear. And I finally just bought him the sessions. I was like, because my dad is like 81 and he's still struggling to get his taxes done. He has so much, he's put so much anxiety into his taxes for some reason. Like his whole life's worth has gone into getting his taxes done by himself without help from an accountant. I don't know what it is. It's just all of his anxiety and self-worth has been wrapped up in taxes. And I know that a lot, that is like a trigger for a lot of people. You have a business manager, right? I do. Oh yeah, I just give it away. That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, you just give it away. But he feels like as a man that's had to take care of his family and all this stuff, it's just all tied into it. And I finally got him with Ernie starting to do and his And he taxes. likes it. He loves it. He's like, oh my God. Wow, yeah. Ryan. Well, it's like this subconscious. This could be it. Yeah, subconscious this could reprogramming. Be it. It's subconscious so cool. reprogramming. It's so cool. I'm I'm excited about this. It's amazing. The thought, you know, I was having I was playing tennis last night. Are you good at tennis? I'm okay. 
I play high learn. school tennis. I, okay. I'll play with you anytime. Great. Um, but I was having this conversation with a friend, and she was like, um, just telling me all these things like CBD really works and this and that. But she said she had some guy who comes over the house, stands like four feet away from her and does this energy thing. Mm. And she says it changed her life. And yeah. I'm like, do you believe in that stuff? That kind of energy and the I've the gone Reiki to an or? energy worker where she like kind of massages parts of your body. It was helpful to me. It was. Um, it was really cool. It's like up in Topanga Canyon. It's like a, she's a cool spot. She's really. A, you felt comfortable. She's a yeah. She's like a really beautiful bohemian. Yeah, she's like a like a light. She's a real sweetie. But um, I really liked that. I haven't gone to her in a while though. But it really did help me. Um, I always see actors there too. It's good really? for actors, yeah. But it just she just like where you're holding your your trauma in your body and like learning to release it. She gave me some tools that I never use, but you know what's funny is you know judging a book by its cover. I'm I I wasn't judging you. You can judge but me. All I know, I met is you at Bobby Lee's fucking bitch. No, I met you at Bobby Lee's party. I'm friends with Bobby and Kalila, yeah, like yeah. you. We love them. And we met briefly, but I saw the comedy special before and I was like, Kalila, you gotta introduce me to her. She's hilarious. Yeah. And it was brief. But then I watched a lot of your stuff and I'm like, you know, the way you talk and your your stick and it's funny and it's dark and it's this. And I'm like, you don't think someone like you would have their shit so together. And you really sound together. I'm working on it. I'm it's amazing. It. I mean, you're it's in a healthy a good, relationship. Yeah. You, you do the hypnotism. You you just you're trying new shit. You, you tell these mantras or whatever to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's it's uh, what's the word? It's uh I'm optimistic here. What's the word? It's it's uh, inspiring. Inspiring. There's yeah. the word. It's inspiring. So why out of all this, what made you want to do stand up comedy? Um, stand up was just my like way out of trouble. I just was able to be funny. Like I just I don't know how funny I was as a kid, but as a like from 12 on, honestly, once the trauma hit, I got pretty fucking funny. That just was my way to do things. And my dad's funny. I've always been trying to impress him. It was just something I was like, I think I can fucking do this. I just like, I've just always been kind of wild. And I was, I would say people found me to be a problem until they, until I was able to like harness it into my artwork, you know? And I like to draw. I'm an artist. I like to do, you know, like I've always kind of been art oriented. And, um, but I just, I just figured out, I just, Figured it out. When I was 25, I quit drinking. I moved to New York to do comedy. You and I just said knew that I you you said that you would when you got you got so drunk you'd black out. You mm -hmm. said alcoholism wasn't fun. Alcoholism wasn't fun. It was more like you were taking a break. Like it yeah, was giving it was you like a, break a break from, from your mind. Oh yes, that was one of my old jokes. That was a good one. It, it was but, like but a smoke it, but break for myself. Yeah, I hated myself. I had so much repressed shame and like anger around all the things that had happened to me, and I just hadn't processed it. So. I would just drink and because I just I it just it manifested in like self-hatred. I just thought I was bad. I just had this. You idea don't want to live. Was, no, I wanted to live. That's the thing. Wow. That was what was weird. It's I never amazing. have been suicidal or anything like that. You never got to worry about me. Really? Never. I will never. It's amazing how you myself. could hate yourself but want to live. Yeah, it was like this. I still. But <laughs> I it's wonder like, if Adolf Hitler was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I killed the Jews. Um, <laughs> that's it. Well, when you she's kill 23 Jews, when Jewish. you kill Jews, it, yeah, guys, it's okay. It's okay. Want, she's totally to cool. To um, and each 23 man <laughs> yeah. makes me more okay with it. 23 and me, her. It's really fun that I keep getting Jewier. Wish I'd had it in the beginning of my career. Um, <laughs> Would have helped. But, you yeah, know, it's, um, I, I, I think that like, 
that maybe subconsciously, like the true belief I had was that I was good, you know, but that belief right above it was that I was a piece of shit, you know? And so I just wanted to drink to get away from myself. I didn't like saying no to people. So if I got drunk, I kind of like didn't have to be responsible for, for, you know, anything like that. And, and then I quit drinking and started doing comedy and it was just like, this is what I'm supposed to be. Do you remember the day you quit drinking? Yeah. What day was it? January 28th. Um, I think it was a Wednesday. It was 2009. Might've been the 29th, but it was the day or it was after a Wednesday. I think the mic was either on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I did my first open mic and I quit drinking the day after. What was the first open mic like? Um, well, I had already gone in deciding that this was going to be my career. I was like, based on nothing. I just, I just went, this is it. This is my thing. I just knew it was my thing. I used to have like my professors in college would, my teachers in high school would jerk off of me. And then my professors in college would always be like, you're so funny. <laughs> but I would, they would, I would like annoy people in class and they're like, just do stand up. Like I used to have teachers be like, just do stand up. You're supposed to be doing stand up. Cause I'd just be doing jokes. Cause you're class. always commenting on, mm-hmm. on life mm-hmm. as you, as you live it. Well, I actually, I was hanging out with, I have a, uh, one of my, I have a couple shamans, but one of my shamans is my ayahuasca shaman. Have you, and, you've, you've done ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. I did it six times. Is it worth doing? It was excellent, but it should be something that you really want to do. It's like, you don't have to do it. It's not something like you're, you know, it's not going to change my life. It will change your life, but you can do other things that will change your life too. Like hypnotism, like hypnotism and right. subconscious programming. It's not, it's not for everyone, but I had a really amazing, um, an amazing experience doing it. And I really like, I have this shaman who's this, um, like beautiful, like, like, uh, he's just such a good guy. He's just such a sweet man. He's from, um, South Africa and calms you. He's just a cool, I just, yeah, I just, he's just a wise, sweet centered guy. And I just, I met him randomly at the comedy store. He was, a uh, in the audience visiting to do a ceremony. And, um, he, one of the guys that worked at the comedy store was like, and I'd had like, I'd gone on a bad date. Um, and where I was like dating this guy and he like introduced me to all his friends. And then the same night was like, you know, I'm still seeing other people. And I'm like, what are these mixed messages? Like, I was just uh, so pissed. Like, why am I bowling with your friends then, bitch? <laughs> I like, what the fuck? I'm like, also, and I'm seeing other people. You don't tell people that. That's fucking rude in the beginning. <laughs> fucking cool. You're fucking one of my friends, probably. Awesome. But um, so I was Jesus. on stage like so like in such a sour mood. And got off stage and there was just this guy and this woman and they just were like, I don't even know. They were just shiny people. They were just like something going on. So I like high five them like, oh. And then later it was right after um, my friend Brody Stevens had, I don't know. Did you know Brody? Uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, Brody had um, killed himself had offed himself very recently. So it was like a weird, it was just such a heavy time because it was, you know, we just spent kind of every day with him. And so um, the comedy star would always like kind of like hang out late with him. And he had died like a couple weeks before and uh, maybe a month before. And so I was like staying late and smoking cigarettes. I was being very like self-sabotage and I was like, why am I still here tonight? Like, why can't I leave this fucking place? And then I go into the office and one of the guys that worked there was like, oh my God, my friend wanted to meet you. I didn't know you were still here. And I was like, who? He's like, you high-fived him. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? And he's like, he's a breathwork instructor. And I was like, oh, I love breathwork. I want to do breathwork. And he's like all right, he's an ayahuasca shaman. And I was like, what? 
And I was like, I want to do ayahuasca. And he was just telling me, he was like, he he told me that the guy wanted to meet me, that he had come to a bunch of the shows. And this was when I was really not, I had no real name for myself. Right. I had done a couple things maybe, but I was going on really late in the lineup. There was like not that many people there. Um, but he had said that the that this man, I don't want to say his name because. Yeah, that's fine. But he was that I was his favorite comedian. I was like, oh, he's probably trying to bang me. And he's like, he's gay. Don't worry. You're safe. He actually <laughs> just likes you. And I was like, oh. Um, so it was cool. It was like nice that he like yeah. kind of could see what I was what I was about, even when I was in this kind of like angry right. set. And so um, they had had someone just dropped out. People would come from all over the United States to come do it and all over the world. There were people who came in from England and different places to come do this ceremony with him. There were like 20 people. And someone had just dropped out. So I canceled my spots. And usually you're supposed to like go on a special special diet beforehand and stuff. But I just bought a bucket and drove to San Diego. And they had like this. Bought a bucket because you puke? Yeah, you bring a bucket right. for throwing up. And it was good. It was really important for me to do it right around. I got to really kind of purge a lot of the the Negative guilt that kind of came oh, with Brody yeah. dying. Like a lot of that stuff and a lot of my issues with even with that guy and right. stuff. So it was really cool. It was it felt like thirty years of therapy and and two nights, right? And it was really cool. But he um he came into town recently, and um I didn't actually I was doing stand up, but he was there for an extra day. But so I didn't do ayahuasca with him. But he led a ceremony, and we ended up just a couple of us went to um up in the mountains and rented a house, and we just hung out and did San Pedro, and it was really cool. But we were watching the sunset over the mountains, and I was turned watching them. Like they were watching it and I was like, I just liked watching them enjoy the sunset. And I was like, this is so me. Like, wow. this is like my life. I just like, I don't know. I just really wanted to see them enjoying it more than just like seeing oh, it. It's the story of my life too. It's making people happy. To yeah. Allow other people to be happy mm -hmm. makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Which I don't I'm know. You know, on. it's like a balance right. of whether it's good yeah. or bad, you know? Yeah. Um, how do you deal with, uh, do you, do you still bomb? Um, you know, it's so funny. Okay. So I tape all my sets now so I can make clips for online. And um, so now I can see whether when I'm thinking I'm bombing. So the comedy show was hot as fucking shit the other night and I started sweating. So that's a symptom of bombing. When I feel a symptom of bombing, my brain just goes into your bombing and I'm going into like survival. It's just sort of like, oh, it's like not joy and happiness and fun. Like all of a sudden it switches from, I had a moment in my career it was actually after going to a Papa Roach concert, but uh, <laughs> backstage um, that I shifted where I realized like I was going out there needing the audience to give me something rather than going out to like serve the audience. And once I did that, so I think once I start bombing, I go into like fight or flight and then I'm like more needy from the audience. But I wasn't, my boyfriend was like filming and he's like, you fucking killed. Really? And I was like, it was I probably just, just one moment that you felt didn't work as well. Or it's just, I like, honestly, it's like my brain, when I start to th like, when I started sweating, it was like, wah, wah. like, I just wasn't even like hearing things as loudly. You were nervous. So yeah. Got a little nervous. I just wasn't like, in the isn't moment. that terrifying? Nah. Let you me just, you just ride the wave. I love doing comedy. I don't know. Like, I love it when it's good or bad. I just love doing it. It's so fun. It's like the best thing. It's so cool. Do you want your own show? Like TV show? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Like the Annie Lederman show. It's Letterman. I know I'm a natural leader. Letterman. Sorry. A lot. Letterman. Why did I As say a leader, it happens a lot. Letterman. No, I know. It's not. not but do you, do you, do um, um, me, I mean, I'm, I'm not like close to it. Yeah, I did. Well, I wrote this horror movie with my, with Bonnie McFarlane, who's like my friend slash hero. I always looked up to her. Like she's one of the best comedians ever. I'm always like, I don't want to make it sound like I look up to her like 
it's just it, we, she's just my girl i just fucking right. love her we've just both like try to be funny as much as fucking possible it's just so fun to talk to her but um we wrote a horror movie that i will Ooh, be starring in. yes so we just finished the script so what's it called dead inside wow yeah is it horror horror scary or psychological it's or? more like comedy horror you'll probably get annoyed by it no it would probably piss you why because you said nope uh, i didn't want it to be too funny well you'll want you would want it to be more horror like i know the the different genres but um we'll see it's like it's got some twists that i can't really talk about but we'll see i mean it's exciting it's really exciting it's a new chapter yeah it's exciting so i want to do more of that i don't like um i'm not so drawn to acting unless it feels like a part that just i would have written like a glove yeah or... i just don't i don't have that like desire to like play other people that much so do you want to just but maybe i would maybe i would if it was the right part i don't know you just want to do specials and have your have your you have your podcast trash tuesday your podcast yeah and then i have my awesome. and then i also have a i have a spotify show every monday night that's live that's been so fun i just had and where can they go just annie letterman on spotify um if you go to spotify live i also post all the links on my podcast every monday right and your instagram handle is what is annie letterman annie letterman l-e-d-e-r man but that's like it's called don't bore me so that's my fans get to it's an audio sh show where they get pulled up by my producer and they try to impress me and then they either get booted or get to finish their story it's pretty fun i like it i like yeah it. that's every monday at 5 um p.m pst this is called uh shit talking with annie letterman um these are my patrons and these are folks that are, are loyal if they like you and they they're gonna like you because you're you've talked real you kept it real I keep it real, bitch. Except yeah, for my seriously. tits. These are fake. Are they? Well, they're padded. I don't believe in getting, I don't think you need to get any work. Not that people you, get work done if you want, but I, for myself, I'm like, you can do with makeup and socks. You can do, make miracles happen. And then you have to do it all the time. You can just go back to your regular boobs the next day. It's so fun. <laughs> makeup and socks. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I was thinking about that. I think on TikTok, I'm going to start doing courses on how to just give yourself fake body parts. Good for you. For the day. Uh, these are rapid fire. Leanne says, what's off limits in comedy? And I have a feeling I know the answer to this. Absolutely nothing. However, you got to deal with the consequences if you fucking piss off a, a group of people. Sure. But true. nothing's off limits. It's just sometimes people don't. Michelle K. I'm going to add to this question. All-time favorite comedian and also other favorite comedians. Okay. I have um, Bonnie McFarlane, who I just mentioned. So funny. One of the funniest people. I watched her. We were in um, in Texas together, and I cried after her set. It was so good. Wow. I was just like, I'm so glad you're my friend. Um, Dave Attell. Um, still love Louie. You can't. I mean, the motherfucker can't stop being so fucking funny. Um, who else? Um, do you feel like you've lost res any respect for him or are you kind of like hey that was a chapter in your life well that it's uh, how do you even deal with that because you guys were it's just such a weird well i mean like i've opened for him since all of that went down he <laughs> did not try to fuck me <laughs> rude louis um no it's gross i wish i didn't know any of that don't you wish you could just be not woke you're like i want to be not woke <laughs> yeah it's like you're such a great guy i didn't know the but i don't know i don't you know i just i guess i look at that as a mistake and for me well 
I think the thing everyone gets mad about is maybe the way he sounds very arrogant, the way he like wrote the apology. But I he wrote things in the apology that made me like under like articulated things I've felt before that I never he said something about like where he's like, when I thought I was presenting them with a question, I was actually presenting them with a predicament. And that is how I felt a lot of times. So I don't know. It's just All right. other comedians. But, um, I mean, there's so what about many old good- school, old school. Carol Burnett. I mean, I love Joan Rivers. She's Joan not Rivers. Old really. she was kind of old just, school. She just croaked. I was watching her special. I will say this, like as I'm sort of like in hypnosis, I'm sort of like creating what, like, what do I want to be? Right. Like where, where do I want to go? And I am sorry to say this guys, I am going to Lady Gaga this shit. Sorry, bitches. <laughs> I'm going big. Um, but um, I do like I've been watching all these documentaries of like powerful women, not just women, powerful men, people that have inspired me throughout my life. And she was so unhappy when I watched Joan Rivers documentary. It made me so sad. She was so seeking the approval of like the outside world when it was like she did have it. It's just she was only looking at the people that weren't giving it to her. Right. And so for me, like I take from her, like the part from her that I'm taking when I'm creating the like, you know, future Annie rising risen star um i take from her that she was always funny yeah she was always i mean i wasn't i'm very serious on this podcast but (laughs) but you know she just always took a she always went for the joke and i just love that just always being funny uh kelly asks how do you handle hecklers best story you do i mean don't do it on on purpose don't do it to other people and if you do it it's like there's a boundary of it but I like love doing crowd work, so I'm like fucking bring it. It's annoying if someone's interrupted. If someone's drunk, someone interrupts the middle of a joke. It's like fuck. I'm like in the middle of this, but I have to. Sometimes I just have to like break the fourth wall and be like, I got ADD, bitch. I can't handle this. Like this isn't gonna work for all of us if you keep doing this. I try my best to not get people kicked out. Like I wait as long as I possibly can. If they're really disrupting the show, they'll go. But sometimes the show just becomes about them. And hopefully the audience, it's funny enough for the audience that they're not like, feel like they But don't you don't get intimidated. To- you don't get, you're like, let's no. go. You can't, I don't think you should ever be mad on stage. If you show like anger or fear or something, it's like. You you're ruin done. it. Because it's a, it's a, you're in a position of power. These people are trusting you to be in, to control. be in the control of the right. audience. For But I had, um I had a guy who I'll tell you two heckler stories. This was the worst one. I was at the comedy store. This guy had been heckling the comedian before me and it was fucking pissing me off. I was fucking mad. I was fucking hypervigilant. Like, I'm gonna fuck this guy up. So I went on already pissed. And um, he was this like British guy, this older British guy who was wasted. And um, it was Halloween and I just did kind of like a hacky your mom joke where I just went on, it's so weird like that you're here, you know, cause I've been planning my costume. I was gonna go as your mom for Halloween, but I really couldn't fit. I couldn't fit all the dicks in my mouth. It just (laughs) wasn't big enough. And the man got so mad. It was hilarious. He got so pissed. So then he stands up. He's like, don't talk about my, and I'm cocky thinking security is around, but this was back in the day when the comedy store was not what it was, what it is now. It had a little lapse in uh, security for a second, but I thought I was good. So I'm talking so much shit to this guy. He stands up and goes, don't ever talk about my mom. I go, oh my God, I didn't realize your mom was like that big of a whore that you thought I would actually know her. Like, I don't even, I'm not even from your country. <laughs> oh my God. Right? Like, I'm not doubling down. Fuck you. What? You're in the show. So then he starts to charge the mound. Like, he's coming at me and I'm like, uh, security, security. And they got him. Someone got him right before he got on the stage. But it was like, I almost oh. got fucking, 
I almost got Will Smith big time. But it would have been, even though I don't want to get hit, it would have been a very funny joke afterwards. That's another thing that's great about being a comedian. Any moment of discomfort discomfort becomes something great. Right. Um, And then um, a a fun one was I was in St. Louis and the club that I was at did not have um, food. So people were in full blackouts. I mean, they were wasting. But so I anticipated the second night. So I had um, the guy that was like working on my rider and stuff. He went, I had him, I go, I have an addition to my rider. I need two loaves of bread. So he brought me bread and butter. And so this girl kept heckling and I shoved bread in her mouth. And she I ate stuffed, it. Yeah. I was like, all right, you're in trouble now. Open your mouth. She was wasted. Were people dying? It was the funniest thing in the world. And then I was just like throwing. I was like, who's hungry? I was just throwing pieces of bread out to everyone. Like Frisbees. It was great. I have footage of it. I got to cut it up. You have to cut that up. It. it was great. Uh, so you got Trash Tuesday. You've got this Spotify thing you do every yes, Monday don't night. don't bore me. Every Monday. And then I am coming out with my solo podcast, Annie Wood. Really? I used to have one called Mean Inspiration, but I'm trying to rebrand so it's not as mean negative, even though I've been kind of mean recently, but. Sorry. Do you have? Do you always have something to say? Do you feel you never worry about not having enough to say? Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I have like do you, my voice sounds damaged, right? No, I don't think it sounds damaged. You say, say it's not from cigarettes. It's from talking. You, you don't smoke anymore either, do you? No, I don't smoke cigarettes. I got hypnotized. I literally can't. And this is how I know it works. Jesus. Right after I got hypnotized, I went. I was performing at the Life Is Beautiful Festival in um, Las Vegas. We were at. It was like Green Day. We were at Green Day. We saw Ludacris. It was so fun. It was like Modest Mouse. It was just such a fun fucking time. Um, I had my friends there with me. They had Camel Crushes, my favorite cigarette. Pop. At a festival, Camel Crushes with all my friends. Couldn't smoke. Like It's not in my identity to smoke anymore. Couldn't smoke cigarettes. Can still smoke weed. Still smoke weed. But I'm I'm, I'm going to get rid of that one next this has been great this is of course i had no fear i did well that's good i think you should have fear you don't know me yeah i I just didn't know i was like yeah i hope she likes to talk i hope she's got some stories i hope she's got some Mm. but you had like it's kind of inspirational like (laughs) you're doing your shit man you went through a traumatic childhood and look at you now yeah you're doing it and i like it's fun to do comedy and kind of laugh about all these things i get a lot of my fans and my meet and greets are people coming to tell me shit that happened to them and how I'm helping them get through it. So that is like, not to sound whatever, but it does make it kind of worth getting jerked off on by my teacher as a child. <laughs> do you? Th- <laughs> that I'm Jesus helping people do get you, through getting jerked off on. Do by you feel teachers. like you're hard on other comics or do you want to see other comics succeed? Or do you feel like, because you know, it's that whole green room mm-hmm. mentality. People are really tough on each other. You're like, oh, she's not funny. He's not funny. Do you think you're kind of tough to do other people? Are you, do you go up and say, hey, really funny set. That was great. Do you do that? Or do you stick around? If it, I don't usually stick around because I'm, it's just, I just have done it every night of my life. So I just, I'm in and out. It's more like self-preservation getting in and out of the club right because i will if i stay i fucking am there till fucking three in the morning i mean it's crazy how late i can stay at the right. comedy store but um yeah if i see someone sat and i like it of course i would tell them yeah and um i would never tell i mean it's like i did get in a thing recently where i like i called someone unfunny but i didn't say their name and then they released that it was their name and i felt bad then i was like oh i wasn't trying to call like a specific person unfunny i was just using in the story it it was important to know that he wasn't funny and he found out and then he fucking went crazy but he has his own problems 
I, I mean, it turned into a whole thing. I didn't mean to have that. Really? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but I would never have, I was like trying to explain, I was like, I would never have been like, this specific person is unfunny. It was just for the story to explain it, I had to say this person was unfunny. Right. It was just an important part of the story. How often do you go on set every week? Um, Usually every night. I've been trying to take some nights off. Every night? And how, mm -hmm. what, what's your I'll set? take like, well, or like Monday. Mondays, sometimes I take off and then Sundays. All new stuff every time or no? I do a lot of crowd work um, and try to kind of find jokes out of that. Uh, but I do try to do something new every night. I've been really working on it. I, I want to do a new 20 to 30 minutes by mid-September because I'm starting to go back to clubs that I went to last year. And I just want to make sure I have like a fresh set for them. And I could do all crowd work and it could be completely new, but I just want to like do the work and, you know, they're coming to see me and I want to give them the best show as possible. Where can people see you coming up? Um, when does this come out? Um, I don't know. It could be a couple of weeks, four weeks or so. Oh, okay. Well, you can go to annieletterman.com slash shows. All my shows are up there, but I'm going to a bunch of places and it's just so fun. The live shows are where it's at. People got to come. It. It's so fun. I love meeting everyone, doing the meet and greets. I do like a merch meet and greet line and go see just, her. Yeah. Go see Annie Letterman. Let's laugh and heal and feel good about ourselves. And I'm going to get the hypnotist's phone. Oh my God. You're going to love her. I, I can't wait. wait. Oh, I you're going to fucking wait. it's. If it changes my life, I'm going to give you 10%. You don't have to give me anything. You're you live a good life. That'll be the 10%. Uh, that's all I want to do. That's all we want to do is live. Yes, and we just watch people getting stabbed for some reason. But other than that, oh, on the, all these posters, I have a theory though. I think this is like a way to disassociate. How so? Watching horror. Yeah, because it's not. It's so like the gorier the better, right? Because no, like, I don't really like too gory. To be what do you feel you. about like what did you think about like the hills have eyes? I didn't like it. Why? Uh, I just thought it was boring and it was just kind of like redundant and just uh, I just remember not never liking that. I feel like in horror, if the acting's too good, I can't hang. I, I need know, the hereditary. Acting to be hereditary was pretty I badass. I didn't see Hereditary. Yet. You got to see that. I would love to see oh, it with the weird boy. little girl. Yeah, really scary. But I like fun movies like The Evil Dead. I like Lost Boys, yeah, which great. is kind of a vampire yes. old '80s movie. Yeah. Um, Return of the Living Dead is a silly zombie yes, movie. Yes. I don't like the kind of like saws. I mean, they're they're sort of entertaining, but I stopped Such watching. Such anxiety. After. It's just too just much like, for oh, me. It's too much. Hostile. Yeah, I, hostile. I kind of enjoyed the first like, one. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was fun. That I like the crazy. whole concept of it. Was so cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I Hills of Eyes. Like, I can't see hardcore rape scenes. I'm like triggered. Yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot. Do I don't this. need to see that. Yeah, but I i mean, I understand what they're doing. They're making you feel something very intensely. I'm just like, I'm good. I don't want to feel that again. <laughs> I'm hungry. Are you hungry? <laughs> Let's eat some brains. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. It was so fun. Thank it you. It really was fun. It was awesome. I feel like I met a new friend now. Yes. Follow me on Instagram. I'm just starting my TikTok too. Yeah, but please Instagram, follow I put all my her. Infos, my Guys, infos at Annie Letterman, L-E-D-E-R man. Yes. I put the man in Letterman. That's what he said. I'm asking. Dude, she keeps it real. Please, dude, please follow letter her. Dude. Guys, you know when I like someone. So there you go. <laughs> she starts beating me when I leave. <laughs> you know, um, funny enough, Annie got me into the hypnotherapy. She's the one who introduced me to the person. Oh, right. I met her on this podcast. She started talking about it. And then I, I got the number and I or the email because no one calls each other anymore. And I emailed this woman, Mary Lou. And she's been great. And uh, we're working on my way of thinking, the way I think. Uh, thanks for opening up so much. You know, a lot of comedians, you know, we're dysfunctional. We are dysfunctional. And we've had a lot of things happen in our lives. And talking about them and making light of situations, however dark they may be, 
not only helps us, but it helps other people. And you, when you can make, not make fun, but laugh about things that are tragic or, you know, and just, uh, I don't know. There's, there's something about it that, that helps. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she's very good at that. So Annie, great, great shit. Um, she talked about her podcast and all that stuff. So make sure you listen to her. And, um, that's about all I have to say, Ryan. That's it. I, I don't have much to say today. Um, you know, it's been, um, it's, 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 it's a, it's a year. It's either the 50th, you know, my 50th year. It's definitely midlife crisis shit probably mm -hmm. that I don't even know about. And, uh, but, uh, the support from friends and family, mostly friends mm -hmm. and, uh, my lovable listeners and patrons and all that, it's, it's been very helpful. So thank you guys. And, uh. And I'd like to say that our Sunspin, Sunspin concert, we have a concert, October 1st, Saturday, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're doing two shows. We haven't played in a while. Get your tickets at sunspin.com or go to stageit.com and type in Sunspin and get tickets and show up and support. Please. I love you. I really, with the band, the album's coming out soon and we need you. So get tickets all right it's time to say all those lovable patron names top tier patrons who give back to the podcast in more ways than one um here we go <clears throat> nancy d leah s sarah v little lisa yukiko jill e brian h nico p robert b jason w sophie m Kristen k raj c joshua d cjp jennifer n stacy l jamal f janelle b kimberly e mike e eldon supremo 99 more Ramira, Santiago M, Chad W, Leanne P, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Liliana A, Talia M, Betsy D, Chad B, Marion, Dan N, Big Stevie W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, correct, Corey K, Deb Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Andy T, Gavinator, David C, John B, Brandy D, Camille S, The C. No, the chief. There's also a the C, but the oh, chief. Well, he expanded it. Oh, he did. So that, it was that, the C. Yeah. All right. There you go. Joey M, Design OTG, Eugene and Leah, Nikki G, Corey, Katie B, Patricia, Heather L, Jake B, Megan T, Mel S, Orlando C, Caroline R, Christine A S, Sarah S, Eric H, Shane R, Emma R, Jeremy V, Andrew M. Sadoichi 77, Oracle, Chris R, Michael F, Karina N, Michelle D, Amanda R, Amanda S, Jen B, Kevin E, Katie Red, Stephanie K, Lena 82, and Jorel. Couldn't do it without you guys. I really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the show. I am Michael Rosenbaum from the Hollywood Hills in California. And I'm Ryan Tez from the Hollywood Hills of California. <laughs> I got the Little voice now. <laughs> you guys be good to yourself um and we'll see you next week thanks for uh thanks for watching or listening whatever you're doing i appreciate it write a review don't forget see ya welcome to talkville the ultimate smallville rewatch podcast guest star sarah carter as alicia baker although i didn't really work with her a lot but tom did and they had some real big smoochy scenes yeah can we talk about that could there be any more sex what was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going good lord we get it they have chemistry jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of talkville on youtube or wherever you listen